0: so
1: cool. Do you remember I mean, do you know if Javier Viegas was there? God. No, but um I That's like have... I'm like super good friends with Javier. I met him. He's from Chile. Actually okay. the first time he came over to the United States, he was like 17 and uh you know, I'm like 21 at the time to give you a reference. This is like yeah. uh 2000 probably and um he couldn't speak any english basically and we just hung out and like made fun of shit together barely being able to speak to each other the whole time and just rode up every day and then we just stayed good friends after that nice something you had mentioned in your podcast
0: when you're speaking with uh on your youtube video there when you're speaking with non-americans you like to get their pronunciations of american things and if you haven't checked it out yet dominicans pronouncing american bubblegum.
1: oh yeah
0: out of this world <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> dude i do anybody foreign i'm like speak like an american right because they always choose like a weird character that they like they associate some character from a movie or something and they wear their speech right. patterns or something you know if you got somebody older they would probably do like um
2: a Miami john Miami. wayne
1: <laughs> you know but you never know what what character you're going to get and the other thing is they they do pick out sounds that we make and you're mm-hmm. like whoa we do do that that is really <laughs> yeah. weird now that you point that out
0: it, it's like a a mirror that that tells the honest truth and you you hate it so much <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> when I, I think it's hilarious that. honestly when they do that i'm like dude that is great that we sound terrible don't we that's
0: <laughs> As youpers, we uh, Patrick and I we we end, we tend to end up having a massive Canadian accent.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: so when I was in the army, uh, my nickname actually became the Canuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I lived four, five and a half hours from the border. I wasn't even close. You can't walk yeah. there in a decent afternoon. That's not <laughs> too close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, now, in that episode, too, that you got on YouTube uh, with your podcast, you had mentioned um, that your, your 13th Broken Bone episode was wicked for you. And, and I don't want to touch too much on it because it's on, on the episode, and it was a, a great, great interview. But is, is that ultimately what led you away from the motocross?
1: Yeah, and not even just honestly being, well – That was probably the final straw, I'd say. I um, basically just was to a point where I was a little bit older and I wasn't trying to chase down all of the newest tricks and stuff, which that's the fulfilling part of that stuff is, you know, like conquering new things and um, progressing. And once you kind of stop progressing, it's kind of like, I just felt like I was doing the same tricks over and over for crowds and they were still enjoying it, but it was just like I wasn't fulfilled by doing it because I'm like, this is the one millionth whatever heart attack I'm doing. Yay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. When the passion's gone, and, and it's probably one of the hardest things to admit when when you love something so much and it's brought so much joy for you not to be able to give back what you feel it deserves is, is the ultimate weight on your shoulders and, yeah. and it, uh, at times for most people it, it's crushing a, a
1: midlife crisis in, in a sense so there was a little you, bit i mean and even that even the that feeling and then basically i got hurt and then i was kind of like I, I was hurt really bad to where i had an infection and stuff so i yeah. um it took a it was a very long healing process And it really just took the wind out of my sails, really, is what it was. And then already being kind of in the space of, I'm not being fulfilled by this because I'm not really, like, progressing anymore, was, I was just, like, you know, walked away. I wish it had gone much smoother. In my head, it happened smoother, you know, when the time came. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. One of those
0: anything worth it ain't easy things yeah but i mean you, you and you touch deep into that on on the episode one on your YouTube there You just posted it a few hours ago it's absolutely wonderful so those of you listening, please give it a look um, your youtube channel is
1: it's at well now you can do names so if right, you okay. go youtube uh, dot com slash at clint esposito um, it'll come right up and basically okay. I'm pretty much just Clint Esposito on everything. I'm fortunate enough to be the only Clint Esposito. So <laughs> my name was world. available across the board.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Never met another one. Never met another one. So. Um, Patrick, did you uh, did you want to bring some things up too?
2: Yeah, I was, I don't know if he touched base. How long you guys have been in the room talking about it, but uh, like uh, <laughs> there was one clip I, uh, you were, talking about, you were talking to somebody, it might have been your, your, your friend there. Goes goes, uh, We were talking, Chuck and I were talking about it. Don't bring up to a comedian who's trying to be a comedian if, uh, ask them if they're funny. But you always said, Well, tell me if I'm funny. If I'm funny, I'm funny. I always thought that was pretty interesting. It was probably something that maybe you learned along the way as you did your stand up, your little routines that you had going on on the YouTube that I, the little clips that I did see of you, I thought it was pretty funny.
1: I appreciate that. You know, that's everybody, when you, people that you know, everybody, as soon as you say you're going to, like, everybody has some form of reference with comedy, right? Like, it's not, like, when I was going to ride dirt bikes, people didn't have, you know, most people don't have any form of reference with that at all, so they don't have anything to say. Everybody has seen comedy. Everybody on some level enjoys comedy. So as soon as you say you're going to do it, they're like, oh, I'll tell you if you're funny. You know, like they all. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you were a comic comedy critic here. I would have probably gotten your insight much sooner if I had known that. I'm, a, I'm
0: looking for, I'm looking for a manager.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do you know anybody you can, you know, like hook me up with here? Is that what's the deal?
0: Well, I happen to. Let me go get him. I'm right. Yeah. I'm all for it. Let's go. <laughs> so, um, the comedy thing. Now, uh, your YouTube content, and I was, I, was, I gotta tell you, when when Patrick had sent me your information, so I had went and uh, searched people out uh social media. I recently followed you on Twitter. I'm I'm Professor P, by the way.
1: Okay. Find me a real follower because all I get on there is like sex bots or something.
2: Just just wait. This one might get you
1: some. (laughs) 90% of my followers have to be just sex bots on Twitter because I'm like.
2: (laughs) We get the same thing. I've been going through and trying to filter them out and. Hopefully, we'll bring a lot of that to you because we got Oh, to great. You know. <laughs> so
0: I'm, laugh- I'm laughing because
2: I'm scrolling through in, like, the very first post, right? It's- oh, I almost pissed myself when he showed me your Twitter, and I was like, <laughs> I-, I contacted the guy, and I didn't even think about looking at your Twitter. Just I sent me-
0: a screenshot.
2: Oh, my <laughs> Some people just look like meth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like this dude. We gotta go get, we gotta go get a cup we gotta go get a cup of That's
1: hilarious. Yeah, we were in Florida, and I'm just like, they look, they. I'm assuming they do meth because that's what they look like.
0: <laughs> yeah, bath salts. Is that, <laughs> meth has evolved from bath salts. That's true. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, and now um, on your podcast, you you touch a you touch quite a bit during the, the one that I'd watched about the conspiracies
1: and that's, that's the, the followings that you're, um... well, so that's that podcast. I actually, on my YouTube, I have a bunch of different ones. So, um, okay. I do a lot of supercross and motocross stuff and freestyle yeah. stuff. So I'll, um, talk about preview the events coming up, the track map, stuff like that. I go over, um, results of the races and then I do, uh, two shorter segments that I do each week, which is a crash breakdown. So I just get people, basically yeah. that's like a um, Tosh.0 had clip breakdowns. Oh, and I'm basically, yeah. it's the same thing. I'm just doing it with people's crashes, kind of like making fun of how they fall and stuff like that. And then I do rate that takeout. So when a you know rider takes somebody out trying to pass them, I rate the takeout on... Uh, two criteria, which is necessity of the takeout. Like, if it's for the win, last lap, you're getting a five out of five. You know what I mean? That's yeah, why yeah. you take people out. Um, and then the other one is technique. So, it's like, was it a clean takeout? How is his technique of taking him out? Did he fall too? You know, so, um, it's just kind of, uh, I and I enjoy it. Sometimes people get mad at me about that and they're <laughs> like, how do you take him out? And I'm like, listen, I'm all for. Aggressive riding, I like it. I was like that when I raced. I would run into you if we got into it, you know. Like, I'm just simply going off of how you know, was it a necessity and how good did you do of taking that guy out? That's it,
2: yeah. Yeah, my uh, girlfriend's uh, uh, cousin he races uh, dirt track, like, okay. well, but that's you know, cars, but anyway, he always says Robin is racing, so I mean, if you're in the way better
1: get the hell out of there so yeah there there are some times when it's unnecessary right you're in yeah. a you're already in a transfer spot in the main in your heat race yeah. why did you take the guy out <laughs> like one extra spot <laughs> you know it doesn't make a difference so that's all you know again i'm not whatever if they you know i enjoy watching it either whether i think it was unnecessary or not so right well and it it,
0: it seems like it's a needed thing also because to be honest with you, outside of maybe a few X game moments early as in the morning on ESPN, there, there's not a lot of coverage when it comes to motocross. No. So, it, so there's not a lot of available eyeballs to be put on it. So so YouTube being a platform where multiple generations are, I, 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 man, I'm, I'm really hoping it blows off because motocross is fun. I mean, it looks Fantastic. Yeah. And I, I wish there was a more open world to it. Red Bull's doing a great job, but.
1: Red Bull, I would say, especially with freestyle motocross, Red Bull kind of paved the way there because, yeah. uh, you know, they the, the amount of money and attention, like you said, they put on it. I, I will say this. Recently, there have been a lot with, um, over the last couple of years, a lot more people have gotten into making YouTube, you know, videos for uh, motocross. And that is helping. I think the interesting part of it is, like, with probably any action sports. Like, if you take a regular sport, let's say football, all these people are walking around wearing jerseys for their favorite team. They probably don't play or haven't played since high school. A lot of them never played, right? But if they did, it was 20 years ago while they were in school. Most action sports people participate in the sports, so it's a harder right. sell to those type of people. And, like, I get shit from people all the time being like, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like, and I'm like, I don't know. I've done this my whole life. You know, I'm not allowed to have <laughs> an opinion on the on the subject at all. You know? Where'd you come from, internet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I've done this for, like, 40 years. So I don't know what to tell you now. A
0: simple Google search could have answered
1: yeah who <laughs> I am to you. That's true. <laughs>
0: Let me Google you real quick, There's dude. I get that all the time, too.
1: <laughs> like we, I don't. I've never heard of you. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry, your life is
0: boring. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you tell somebody who don't watch action action sports? Go to one who's in it and go. Who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> these are even people that probably ride. You know, like
0: oh, exactly. exactly. But they're not.
1: They're not. If you were into fmx hardcore in 2000s you know who i am for sure um yep. i've run into like the biggest freestyle riders and they already knew who i was because i started putting content out in 2005 which is basically when youtube very first started we yeah yep. I i started i was doing full-length dvds and then i started doing Mixtapes, because you know how rappers would always have their albums and then they would yeah. do mixtapes in between. So that's yeah. basically how I saw the YouTube stuff. I was like, this is just like, um, more like relevant content at the moment to help build towards, you know, when we do DVDs. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then it turned into its own thing, you know, just the internet itself.
0: Honestly, I mean, I think it's way more exciting than the new UFC slap thing. And if that UFC slap thing can get taken, I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) It's hilarious seeing the slow mo reaction, but I think it's just a matter of time before the streaming content, which is well outweighing your basic cable television or satellite TVs at this point. It's only a matter of time before the right amount of eyeballs get on this. And I hope so.
1: Taking the sport away. Because people watch NASCAR, right, which I think is way less
2: action packed yeah. oh yeah, well, especially know. since they went to the two rate two segment race thing where they they stopped the race and you and know, uh, they, they reset fight. them
0: yeah well, and two, I've noticed that a lot of the sport can be done indoors, which is a huge selling point, i mean as as much as you would want it outdoors. There, there are indoor track races, so really there, there is no limits to the reach that this can obtain. I um, wouldn't say
1: supercrosses have a bigger footprint as far as um, random, you know, like not as many people like fans actually go to a motocross race in person versus right. a supercross race. And the issue is that they're out in the middle of nowhere. So, like you said, yeah. bringing them into cities, I think, definitely is helping, uh, has got to help it grow and getting more eyes on it. You know, and also all these, think about these people that are, you know, uh, don't go in the woods or want to get money or whatever. <laughs> you know,
0: right? uh,
1: bug you. Yeah. yeah. So they don't yeah. want to go to a motocross race because my fiance and I went to a motocross race, uh, Unadilla, early on. It was, I think it was the first one I took her to. And it downpoured like four <laughs> inches in like an hour and a half. And I was just like, That's, well, we're muddy now. That's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the same
0: people who believe the cow farts. <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> Or that chocolate milk comes from brown
1: cows. Dude, I posted something recently <laughs> where somebody's like, "Hey, I'm having strawberry milk because it or it's vegan because it comes from strawberries instead of like cows." And I'm like,
0: <laughs> "Show yeah. me the tit on a strawberry. <laughs> Show me the tit on a strawberry, bro." Somebody's there milking. it. Yeah. I've got tits, Greg. Can you milk me too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly oh my goodness oh no i mean and, and you're right too most of the time when you run into the internet opinion it's of that who of somebody who whose legs have gone numb because they've been scrolling so long and haven't wiped yet and forgot that they you know have macaroni going on the stone yeah. <laughs> it's like come on man Did we really need your opinion? The internet has this self-righteous platform.
1: Well, that's the issue, is that anybody can just say anything without really researching or even just minimal amount of backlash, right? Right, absolutely. Turn your phone off and go to sleep.
0: Exactly, delete the tweet and then (laughs) just
1: be like, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: You spoke to the wrong (laughs) MS-13 (laughs) member. Always, oh, wait, they're not in the United States. I forgot about that. <laughs> so you can, so, uh, uh,
2: well, I was going to ask you, you, you dive into your, uh, what's your Freethinker TV? What, now, what's that one all about? That's a, that's a, a what a subscriber channel on uh, YouTube?
1: So it's a regular channel, but it's just um, all of the conspiracy stuff. So I basically, I do a couple of different podcasts. Like I do the motocross one. I have another channel, Two Wheels to Freedom on YouTube. Yep. So that's just Moto content, and then uh, Freethinker TV is just conspiracy theory content, and then my personal one is basically a collective of all the, um, you know, just the uh, content that I put out. All right,
0: nice.
1: And and uh, we have the links
0: for those also, or they can be found through uh, progression of your YouTube pages.
1: Um, yeah, I can send you those other, I just sent you my personal stuff, but I can send you okay. the other one. Two Wheels is just, uh, I have that one set up where I think it's just youtube.com at Two Wheels yeah. to Freedom as well. Okay. Um, I don't know that, um, Freethinker TV is, I haven't been messing with that one that much of lately until I just started that n- new, uh, show with Rasmus. So, um, it might not have that, uh, URL, but, uh, I I can fix that as well so that everything's easily found. And if you just go to my Instagram, I have the links to all those in my link tree in my bio. Oh, nice. Yeah, well,
2: I'll make sure to link all that stuff when I I put this up and we edit post-production and stuff. So we will have everything in there for you. Okay, cool. So
0: question that I I normally ask people uh, around this time, it's just something simplistic. Um, when you were a kid, what did you want to be growing up?
1: A dirt bike rider.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's and I and I love it when when that when that's the choice. What what led to that decision? Was there like a, a, a moment on television? Somebody took you somewhere. You you saw a magazine.
1: I can tell you the. Day I got into motocross or supercross, I saw the. We had just gotten cable yeah. in 1989, <laughs> and I saw the Dallas supercross from 1989. And yeah. if you go back and watch it, um, I'm sure you could probably find it somewhere, but the um, Jeff Ward and Jeff Stanton battled for the lead. And then Stanton finally got around him and then he ends up throwing it away and his bike shoots off of the track and to hit like, you know, they had a Toyota in the center of the track or whatever hits the bike. He still ends up finishing second and just, it was the battle they had and going back and forth. Um, And we had had a a Honda four wheeler, like since I was little, Um, so I was kind of like a Honda person and then it was a Honda and a Kawasaki battling and it was just a great race. It's still a great race if you went and watched it. And yeah. that was just that was it. I was just like, what is this? What is going on? This has been <laughs> happening my whole life. How come I never knew?
0: <laughs> I never knew. So now the uh the comedian side of it seems pretty simple to me. You just like making people laugh and you're good at it. So uh, do, do you continue to stand up uh, local, uh, out and about, or is that something you just
1: do on an everyday basis? Um, yeah, I try to do it as much as possible. Um, I do, I promote some shows myself. I have one coming up uh, April 20th. Um, but so when I got hurt, so I owned my own team. A freestyle team, and I would book all my own shows and hire all the riders. Yeah. So I would ride the show normally, and then I would hire announcers. I got hurt, so then I was announcing the show myself. I just filled in the other rider spot, and I was just kind of, I don't know if I was bored or what, but I'm announcing the show, and I start slipping things in for me that I thought was funny, <laughs> and I'm just, like, watching the crowd, and I'm like, nobody gets this, and then finally I caught, like, Two people, literally two to three people <laughs> spread out in the audience. They kept laughing at my stuff. Like, cause some yeah. of it was kind of inside baseball jokes, like a little, yeah. you know, like moto yeah. stuff that most people are not going to get. Yeah. And then once I saw some people getting, it, I'm like, oh, like I could do this. I'm just in the wrong venue here. Right. Um, right. So this is probably 2014 or 2015. And then... In 2016, I got hurt that time. I stopped, and then I started thinking, like, what else can I do? Because I didn't want to just be like, that's it. I'm going to work, you know, 100 hours a week for the rest of my life. So I started thinking, and then I thought back to that time's, like, making people laugh and how I enjoyed it. And then, at, and as cheesy as it sounds, you know, I started thinking about, at first I was like, could I be a comedian, like being kind of a meathead type guy? And then actually, I think I'd already listened to Rogan's podcast. Yeah. But it was just me thinking like, oh, well, he's like a man's man, you know, like he does, you know, combat type of stuff. Like he's a similar type of person and he does comedy and nobody makes fun of him for doing not like i was trying to go and be a thespian after riding dirt bikes or something right you know like it's a gray area where like i could probably fit in there so and then the other things were that you can't you have the opportunity to travel Mm -hmm. and then even something that i didn't really put my finger on until after but it's like still a which I didn't think I was that type of person, but like, I do like to perform. Like I like the nerves of getting ready for something like that. And then like, it's go time. And then you have to, you know, like go and perform then. Yeah. And then even afterwards, when you get done, when you're driving home from riding a show or something and it went well, like you're all amped up and you, you know, you're just real talkative. And then it's the same thing with comedy. You know, yeah. if you have a good set on your way home, you're, like, just can't shut up. You're, you know, just <laughs> excited. And so there are actually a lot of similarities um, other than, you know, people that I've known for a long time when I'm, like, I'm starting to do comedy. They're, like, aren't you afraid? And I'm, like, uh, you do know what I did before, correct? <laughs> you know, like, like, I would say I'm nervous to go on you know, stage. I'm not afraid. Yeah. Afraid is like I could die right now. Yeah. You know, like
0: people <laughs> like not that
1: laughing that at me that. and my ego getting hurt is not quite as, <laughs> no. you know. And understand. it's funny too because you know people act like crashing in front of seven thousand people doesn't hurt your ego as well.
0: <laughs> right. Oh man, I couldn't imagine.
1: It's like, but now I can't walk for the next two weeks as well.
0: <laughs> and. Yeah, crashing! Oh my god, it's all over the internet. You
1: become a meme. You live that shit the rest of your life, (laughs) dude. I had uh, I crashed at a circus one time in Louisiana, and like totally was bad. Like went out for four minutes. Don't remember basically that week. And I was in the hospital for the. I broke my femur. I peed brown for a month. I blew my shoulder out. While I'm in the hospital, this guy writes me on Facebook, like, hey, we were at the show, yada, yada. Um, We want to make sure that you're okay. My kid was really worried. Well, I didn't see this message uh, for months, for like a month or two, because it was like went to... you know, the spam box or whatever, the requested yep. box. Yeah. yeah. So I go and I finally go, oh, the requested box. So I go in there and it's this whole, we're worried about you, blah, blah, blah. And I look, the next message, it was like two days later, it was like, uh oh thanks for getting back to us you're a piece of shit and all this stuff.
0: I, was like,
1: I was like man this changed really quickly like i was still in the hospital i didn't even get out of the hospital yet this guy went from worried about me to i was a piece of shit that didn't do anything you,
0: said you were there you saw
1: how bad it was dude i'm like can you not see that it still wasn't red like it was never red you're mad at me for something i never saw
0: that might be your stand moment. We should find out if someone's at the bottom of a river. Dude, they deleted
1: the message because I went back to screenshot it one time to put it on, and I was like, oh, it's gone. This is terrible. I should have taken a picture.
0: Oh, my goodness. So, uh, off the top of your head, in the, in the moto world, what was the most awe-inspiring moment? To take a page out of uh, Patrick's book, um, what hit you the
1: deepest while you were while you were rolling through the sport? Um, well, as far as like accomplishments or you know moments, basically, I, I would say I, in my head, I don't know if this is what you're going for, but I'm breaking it down to like pinnacle moments that kind of changed the sport. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. And I'd say you have probably, in my mind, you have three that stand out. Carrie Hart's first backflip. Yep. Because at that point, you know, people will argue that he didn't land it and ride away from it. But you have to take into consideration at that point, everybody else was like, it's impossible. You can't even yeah. do it. You can't flip a motorcycle, you know? So, like, yeah for him I to actually remember that moment so and i have nothing to do with this world exactly cuz that changed the sport forever period yeah whether you want to call it he landed away and he landed and rode away or not it changed the sport because you know it's and i equate it to you know the story about the 4 minute mile how nobody could do the 4 minute mile for years yep, yep. one guy did it and guess it was like Nine people did it the following year. Did humans get faster over that year? No. no. They mentally broke the barrier that it could be done. And that's Absolutely. exactly what Hart did for freestyle, period. Yes. Because before that, even Travis Pastrana was like, I was thinking about it, but he was a year ahead of me. I was not ready to go yet. you know." And yeah. then that just opened the floodgates of everybody trying to do that. I would say the second one was, um, and I'm trying to think of what happened first. I want to say um, Chuck Carruthers did the first body burial. Okay. Which is basically when you let go of your bike, spin around, and, ju- and grab back on. Okay, um, yeah. And until that point, you know, everybody was doing the same type of tricks or just variation on tricks, kind of. And um, then he did that, and that started a um, – progression of a bunch of different body burials after that which is still you know one of the holy grails of freestyle because not very many you know you can let go of your bike but you're still facing it you know and can grab back on whatever but spinning and getting disoriented is a huge thing and then the third one is going to be travis pastrana's double backflip okay Uh because i remember watching that and just that's a heavy move the first time, you know. Somebody goes. for it. So uh, I,
0: mean, I mean, now they're now they're now they're back flipping couches, uh, you know, yeah. tubs.
1: <laughs> and three people have now done triple flips.
0: Oh, really?
1: So they did. Um, uh, Josh Sheehan did one at Travis's house on this huge contraption. The ramp must have been fifty feet tall. Yeah, Holy Two God. then. So he, he went literally like like 100 and something feet high. It was crazy. Two, then, last year at Nitro World Games, which is, again, Travis's thing. And they do have an airbag landing, but it's like... Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Let's just make it so people don't die as soon as they fall, right. okay? Right. right, I mean,
0: Wheels <laughs> is fantastic. I love Wheels. Yeah. I mean, what he did on um, America's Got Talent. I'd I still be a sweet lady. remember watching him, but but... We don't need a twin. So yeah, please, the exactly. airbag, absolutely, the airbag.
1: Yeah. Um, so then it went to two people doing it live at Nitro World Games, the triple flip, Um. and they basically had to modify their bikes a little bit so they have, like, a shorter swing arm. So that way, once you're bringing your wheels in tighter, the thing wants to spin faster. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I'm not, I'm just, they basically modified the bike so that it could be done easier and more consistent you know right, right. um but Super. it's still a triple flip dude and actually i just uh <laughs> it's crazy watched a contest recently they were in europe and one of the guys that did it harry bink was there and um i got to ask online just like type out a question if he was able to do a full run on his triple flip bike and he's like that's the bike i'm riding now so they did modify them but it's not like so crazy modified that you can't just ride it normally right so that's really cool and that just shows you the um you know well, if you I mean, want to pull something off you'll figure out how to do it right but well, there's modifications to every sport you go back yeah. and grab the first peach
0: skin that ain't the same damn football we throw today yeah and it definitely ain't the same ball we were throwing in the peach basket in the beginning so that's true modifications happen to push the sport into the future i mean Look at today's Hollywood. If it's not big, big boom explosions, you're not pulling in the next crowd. So you can only see a double backflip so many times before the only logical answer is to move to the triple backflip.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just say that because there are um, a couple of guys that do front flips. Mm -hmm. And there are, I think, maybe two that do them off of regular ramps, just total stock ramp. Then there are a bunch of guys that do them off of front flip ramps, or they call cheater ramps, because it has, like, a little actuator at the top. But, and I've always said this, too. Either way, doing a front flip is gnarly and not natural (laughs) on a motorcycle. So I don't care if you use the ramp or not. It's still a lot of consequence and awkward. It doesn't, your bike doesn't want to flip that way. So, like. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, I don't know very many people who are outweighing their bike in a sense to be able to motion it
1: in that direction at a speed they have to. So exactly. just doing it in its own sense is difficult. Exactly. That's the whole thing. And even now, like, so the thing with the cheater ramps is just it, sent, it sends your bike into a flip easier so that way you can have time to do other things. Like no handers, no feet, whatever. You know, right. otherwise you're just fighting the whole time to get it around. Where it makes doing other stuff not impossible because those two guys, um, Robbie Adelberg and uh, Jacko Strong, they do a little bit, but they're not doing the variations that people on the front flip ramps are doing. Right. right. But still, respect, to, like I said, any of those guys doing any of that. This is one of the things, you know, front flip started to come out while I was still riding. Didn't want any part of it. Front flip <laughs> ran for not? Oh, I was like, <laughs> so,
0: uh, I'm going to live vicariously through you. you know? Yeah, I'm like,
2: good on you, boys. Like, shit. <laughs> that Gold pro up there, I don't care.
0: The <laughs> yeah, 360. And, uh, yeah, give it a hell.
1: I respect it. <laughs>
0: Uh, Pat, did you have anything, uh, anything more you'd like to
2: add? I was just saying I, we had a um, coworker, and him and his fiance went to Rosebud. I don't know if you know what course that is. It's in Michigan.
1: Buds, uh, uh, Red Red Bud, Redbud.
2: Redbud. That's what it is. I whatever. I, all I know from that is he said it was a pretty good time.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Redbud <laughs> is one of the biggest parties. That's what uh, he said. Yeah. At a motocross, yeah. So I, that's one of the ones I would go to for sure. I, I haven't actually made it to Red Bud. Um, I'm East Coast. I'm in New Jersey. So like Unadilla is not far. Bud's Creek isn't far. Um, when I was young and raced and was trying to qualify for nationals, we had a bunch. We had Binghamton, Unadilla, uh, Bud's Creek, Ohio. So, you know, there was a handful that you could get to without going. Oh, uh, Southwick, Massachusetts, which they still do. Um, but as far as what I've heard, and Dilla, let's not forget Dilla. Unadilla is a party as well. But what I've heard is that Red Bud, since you know, I raced, has taken over the uh, party championship of the motocross series. So, You yeah. shout
0: out, Visegood, Red Bud. Get yeah. your tickets.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I would. Like smoking a little bit legally made. Probably made a little bit of a difference in
1: that if I had to guess. Oh, um, well, (laughs) New York is legal. Yeah, is it out? (laughs) Is Michigan has legal weed now?
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, they, uh, since, oh God, just before COVID, because (laughs) the day everybody got their COVID money. <laughs> like, what, the weed places. Of the, blew up. <laughs> one, of the, one of the loom shops, to, loom shops took in like 1.6 mil after taxes Ooh. on the day <laughs> so. That's like the um,
1: that's like when uh, on Chappelle when they gave everybody reparations, oh, but it's yeah. their with their tax returns <laughs> for all like the ounces exact- of weed. <laughs>
0: it is the exact same thing. Oh my god! It it became legal, you know, and and it's about time. If you're going to keep missing out on the tax revenue, I don't want to hear about it. If your roads are effed up, then yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) We did it during COVID. Probably it sounds like maybe a year or something after you in New Jersey, they ended up legalizing it. So okay, so I
0: how how has life been living?
1: with MTV's The New Jersey Shore? I just posted a <laughs> post on Facebook that was like, when the F are these people going to go away? Because
0: <laughs> while
1: I traveled the country the most, that was the biggest show on TV. And I'm like, G-G-L. every single place I went to had a terrible depiction of where I was from, from that show. I'm like... You guys give it a rest. So people would always ask me, I'm like, they're not even from New Jersey. And I'm like, look at me. Do I look like one of those guidos? Like, no, I don't participate in any of this.
0: I understand. I lived a life of Charlie Bucket. so
2: I I remember the the funny thing is we, I, I did a job a couple of years ago and, uh, we were in New Hampshire and, uh, we stayed at this place, but we also, we flew into Boston, and we went and walked around Boston. And th- this is a funny story. Anyway, I went with these guys who We're walking around Boston. We stopped, and we saw that where Cheers was, all that fun jazz. But a guy, he's, like, letting us pass on the street. He's like,
0: go ahead, fuck us.
2: Go ahead. You know, just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, people are so nice around here. We get across the street. Yeah, that's right, slow asses. Goddamn people, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, they're so nice. It goes, yeah, you have no idea what they say once you pass, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the
1: difference in uh, the Northeast here is that everybody just to your face and then they talk shit.
2: (laughs) That's the way it is here, too.
1: They'll slip some stuff into your face. It's not like thinking about it now, like uh, down south, they never say anything mean. Here, you'll just be a normal conversation. It'll just slip it in. And you're like later, you know, an hour later, I'm like, I think he was talking shit.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh gosh. That's too funny. Well, I I mean, Clint, we don't want to take any more of your time, man. We're rocking up to 40 minutes here. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. I'm so glad I got the music.
1: No, thank you guys for having me. And, uh, I need to get you guys on my shows, and uh, we'll do something again. Oh yeah, we'll, absolutely.
2: Yeah. We'll be on that conspiracy thing. That'll there you on, go. Man. We got oh, some, man. We got, we got some crazy ideas here.
0: Lots oh of good. Small people.
2: <laughs> Project <laughs> Blue Book.
0: Uh, from the world to the moon and back.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the problem is, all these we're running out of conspiracy theories because they're just turning. So we're going to have truth. to
0: take a. are tr- <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh my God! That's like today's science. Uh, today's science fiction is tomorrow's like future, right? Yesterday's yeah. science fiction is today's future. Well, that's why um, they
1: had to paint Alex Jones so crazy, right? Because they're oh like, oh shit, if he starts being right too often, <laughs>
2: we're, <laughs> we're in trouble. Do you want to, have to go ahead. Beth. You want to hear something really crazy? I told about twenty people, and I was listening to him. He was on a Rogan's podcast or Tim Dillon or something like that people do not realize that is Jerry Jones's grandson. Really? Yeah. I didn't know know that. Yeah, that's true. He disassociates himself from that side of the family whatsoever. He has nothing to do with them. But, like, his old man thinks he's nuts, too. Like, his old man was, like, a doctor or something at some Texas college. And he's got some crazy story about his father, like, actually working for the CIA or something on some weird alien project. You look into it, it's pretty funny. Like, Jerry Jones, like, Doesn't even, like, invite him to, like, family gatherings or anything. But he's probably got more fame than Jerry does. At one time, he probably was a multi-multi-millionaire. You know, not, like, Jerry money, but, you know, popularity-wise.
1: That's crazy. You know, uh, they say it, but it is a very small world, right? Like, everybody is connected in some way, whether it's on purpose or not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, we've got to. We'll link up we'll link up in the background of the backstages and uh we'll get set up on the podcast. I okay. I, I can't wait. And um and and I am so bad with names, forgive me. But your co host on the podcast Rasmus.
1: Rasmus, yeah, yeah.
0: Rasmus. Give him a shout out for me. Tell him you guys rocked episode one. I loved it.
1: Okay. We'll do. I actually have two others ready to go up on the I just hadn't put put them on my personal page yet, so they're about ready to go up there. The second one we did uh, went back over the Ohio train derailment and then the third one we did um, we just did it. Now I can't remember what the hell it was. Hold on. I'll, look, I'll tell you. Um, of course, it's taken longer than I thought. Yeah, I mean, that's right. life. <laughs> primary water. Do you guys know about primary water? No. No. Okay, so the theory is that um, the way we've been told our water comes from the sky, that's like baby shit, what comes from the sky. <laughs> and that most of our water is actually the um, hydrogen and oxygen are actually getting mixed within the crust of the earth. And the earth is like pushing the water up. So really, if you just were to drill down far enough anywhere, you'd have access to unlimited fresh water. But, if they do that, then guess what? They can't charge you for bottled water all the time, so they don't want to admit that. Yes. the fucking Shazam needs to show up soon <laughs> I'm so How, sick of we the did corruption. this is a different show. My fiance and I were doing a show, and we um did um Mandela effects yeah. There are a ton. Oh, yeah.
0: The Bernstein, Bernstein Bears. Oh, um, my God.
1: Dude, go and look. Do you remember uh, Britney Spears' uh, yeah, that yeah. Baby One More Time video? Yeah. Do you know where I'm yeah. going with
0: this? Yeah, well, I can sing it for you.
2: Without Okay, do you remember what color her skirt was? Yeah, it was plaid or something. It was plaid.
1: Go look online.
0: Yep. No, I can't. It'll ruin it. My childhood memory is
2: plaid. I know it. Go online. look
1: online. It's she also black now. And she also, had wow. a micro-
2: yeah, she also had a microphone on her head too. And people say that that's gone too. So if you watch the video. Yeah. Go look
1: online. I'm telling you, even the video that was put up 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. The dre- the the skirt is black, dude. See now, my my
0: my wife slash fiance would was here, she'd be in the background screaming something
1: about a hydrogen peroxide collider or the hydrogen <laughs> the hydrogen. <Sure>. <laughs> <Sir>. <laughs> Dude, I, so we dove into that. Well we dove into a bunch of them, but really the Britney skirt was the one that blew my mind the most because I remember it clear as day as well. I even in searching through the internet, you find Brittany paying tribute to that outfit wearing a plaid skirt. I actually found a picture of Brittany in the back of a car wearing the outfit from the video with a plaid skirt. But if you go and you find the video itself online that was put up 12, 15 years ago, it's got a black skirt, dude. It's mind-blowing. No way. I still remember what outfit I wore when we were recreating the Backstreet Boys Hit Me Baby. or
0: What was it? Uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time, I think. Um, or I want you back. If I can remember that, I could definitely remember what yeah. Britney Spears was wearing at 6 o'clock in the morning, just before <laughs> going to school, and no one else in the house was awake. You know what I was doing. So it's burned.
1: <laughs> I have a terrible memory, so that's why I rely on everyone else. and <laughs>
2: I think with all the dirty little teenagers we had, somebody's got to have that wall poster on their wall saved somewhere. It might be a little sticky, but, I mean, it's probably
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Dude, probably, that's the thing with the swaps, right? Like, yeah. somehow, everything got switched. It, I even feel like, and this may be whatever, but I even feel like when you watch the video, it looks like the skirt is cgi yeah. to me a little bit. Because I'm like, the rest of it looks normal, and the skirt looks weird. But why would somebody recent, do
0: this? The most recent John Fetterman photos. If you looked at that Dude. <laughs> the deep Fake. <laughs> no, and do you,
1: you see his deepfake. arm around the wife and his hands like five inches off of her back?
0: It's a it's a fish lens. It's a fish lens. <laughs> oh, you saw that too? Somebody was like
1: <laughs> one of the conspiracy um Instagram pages I follow is like Oh, it's a different lens, and I'm like, bro, the lens did not change the shape of his nose, okay? His,
0: the, oh, my God, like, his eyes are different, not the position of his eyes. His eyes are different.
1: Yeah, even the nose is completely <laughs> – yeah. the, the new Fetterman has, like, a rounded kind of nose, and the old guy was more, like, straight – yeah, and his head was even shaped different.
0: <laughs> i like, you and I understand hairlines well, <laughs> okay? <laughs> his oh, hairline we're all. was even we're all there, we're all there. We're all, we're all how do you change your hairline I want the facts I, I yeah. don't care who it is I want to know if it's him how do you change his hairline because Bosley's has been calling
1: me for way too long Dude, that's. I got a joke about uh, we know that hair restoration is fake because they have commercials for it yeah. you know like you've never seen a commercial for a boob job right it's unnecessary <laughs> There's a guy. There's a guy. The Nussbaum hair restoration, or whatever. Mister Nussbaum is on the commercial. His hairline is here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? You're trying to sell me? If your hairline was at your eyebrows, we'd have to talk. But right now. At this point, I need a video of hair coming out of nose and ears Yeah, while it's growing
0: from the top of the head. Do
1: it to your eyebrows, all right? And then I've now you've got my attention. I may go for your hair restoration. You don't but.
0: show up like Harry and the Hendersons in a damn station. Like yeah. That <laughs> <is. Right. laughs> well, that's good, man. That's good. It's, and again, again, to Chatty Cathy's, we are. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Clint, so much. Huge shout out to you and your career, future blessings to you and your family. And uh, we'll have all the links to your information, YouTube, podcast, um, when we post
1: this on our webpage. Awesome. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, yeah, just shoot me anything you got. I'll share it out as well. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. It was fun. Will do. absolutely. Thank you. We're looking forward to our next
0: conversation.
1: All right. Let's do it. Later. Later.